Welcome to Keeping It Israel, brought to you by First Century Foundations. This weekly podcast explores how your Christian faith connects to Israel and why standing with Israel matters. Now here's your host, Executive Director of First Century Foundations, Jeff Feuders. Well, welcome to the podcast today. Uh, my name is Jeff, and I'm your host. And our guest today is Justin Crone. Uh, Justin is a writer, speaker, film producer, and tour leader. He's also the founder of the Kesher Forum, an interdenominational monthly gathering for those interested in learning more about the Jewish foundations of Christianity. Uh, Justin, welcome. It's great to have you on the podcast today. Jeff, really nice to be with you. Well, we, uh, it's our pleasure, and we want to learn just a little bit about you and, and about what the Kesher Forum is all about today. And um, uh, so we're just going to have a little bit of a conversation. Tell us a little bit about yourself. When did you first discover the, I guess, importance of Israel in your life and, and your journey? Yeah, I, I would say it was in many ways a natural progression uh, of my spiritual journey. Um, and, and also a part of my family background. So I come from a mixed background. So on my mother's side of the family is Jewish, father's side of the family is Catholic. Uh, my mother became a follower of Jesus when I was five. I followed in her footsteps shortly thereafter when I was eight and really kind of began this uh, journey of, of learning to, in many ways, uh, learn how to reconcile my Jesusness with my Jewishness. Mm. And, and learning that I don't need to check my Jewish identity at the door uh, in order to be a follower of Jesus. And um, in my 20s, I had the opportunity to go on a, a tour, a pilgrimage uh, to Israel with my, with my mother. And it was just an absolutely amazing experience. And uh, I just felt... Um, not only does this enhance uh, my own understanding of God's word, of, of the scriptures, mm -hmm. but I think this could probably be very helpful for any follower of Jesus uh, to get more into, into the roots and the foundations uh, of their faith. Uh, like, I, you know, for example, if you're going to play the, the game Monopoly, you know, if you play the game without the board, if you just have the pieces that, you know, the, the little car or, uh, you know, the little dog, um, but you don't have the board, how are you going to play the game? And I, and I just really uh, feel uh, like the land of Israel is the board uh, in which God's redemptive plan uh, unfolded and is continuing to, to unfold into our day. Yeah. Amazing. And it's it's uh, very interesting for me to hear that from the perspective of a Jewish believer in Jesus or in Yeshua. You know, I, I have lots of conversations with Gentiles who go to Israel and, and have that sort of eye-opening and enlightening experience. But to hear you talk about sort of putting it all into perspective once you got to Israel, uh, I think that's just uh, an amazing insight. Um how has, you know, this, this discovery about your deep connection, and, and as a Jewish person, uh, you, you already have that connection, but then a follower of Jesus, you know, how has this discovery about your deep connection to Israel as, as, a, as a place changed your life, the trajectory of your life? Well, it, it really um, impacted me to, you know, like I said before, uh, not only did it impact me, but I felt this could be incredibly beneficial to to others. And so I kind of had this moment uh, where I felt like God was saying, 
hey, hey, Justin, I want to use you to encourage other people to make a similar pilgrimage to, to this land. And I'm like, okay, God, I don't know what that's going to look like, but uh, I'm all up for it. So um, long story short, I ended up uh, starting a program through an organization called Chosen People Ministries called Experience Israel, uh, which is a short-term uh, pilgrimage program for young adults, age 18 to 35, and started leading tours for that for that age group. And uh, you know that started back in uh, 1999 was the first tour that I did, and since then I've been to Israel at least 25 times. And and have led uh, you know multiple tours for now people of all ages so not just young adults mm-hmm. and uh, you know it really became a part of the process of learning to um, not only grow just in in my own faith and understanding but helping others so you know I I look at a pilgrimage to the Holy Land to to Israel as a spiritual discipline you know if you look at all of the other major faith communities in the world, they all uh, employ or, or leverage the practice of spiritual pilgrimage. The ones who don't do that very well has actually been Protestant Christians. Yeah. Um, and and I just feel like, well, that's a tool that we need in our bag in, in order to help people engage further or engage deeper uh, with their faith. I love that. And uh, I think that we have similar heart. Uh, you know, you you actually reached out to me on LinkedIn, which I was so glad because uh, there's some similarities between uh, what uh, we do, what our organizations do. And uh, we right now are pulling together a group of uh, students, Bible college students specifically, to uh, take over to Israel, God willing. And, uh, you know, COVID yeah. restriction willing next uh, May. And right. so, um, and this has been a, a vision of mine since uh, I began with this organization, is that if we're going to educate people um, and advocate for Israel so that the, the future church understands this deep connection, we need to sort of get in touch with pastors before they become pastors and allow young people to have these experiences. And I, I love that you sort of share that heart as well. Um, you have... Yeah kind of given us a hint uh, to the ne- the answer to this next question, but expand a little bit. You know, why do you think it's so important for Christians, not just Jewish believers in Jesus, but for Christians, Protestant Christians, to connect with the Jewish roots of their faith? What does it help us understand? How does it impact, you know, how we live out our walk? So in my 20s, uh, I read a book by Philip Yancey. Uh, evangelical writer. He he wrote a book. It's one of my favorite books about Jesus uh, called The Jesus I Never Knew. And in this book, uh, in a chapter called Jewish Roots and Soil, he writes, I can no more understand Jesus apart from his Jewishness any more than I can understand Gandhi apart from his Indianness. And then he goes on and he says, if you really want to get to know Jesus's story, you need to get to know his story as you would anyone else's story and learn something about his culture, family, and background. Well, what better place to do that than the land that he grew up in and, and to actually see where, where he walked? Um, so my challenge to, to Christians, to followers of Jesus, if, if you want to get to know Jesus better, um, get to know the world in which he lived in, 
and, and then connected to that, too, I would say you need to get to know the scriptures Jesus read, the, the Bible Jesus read, which, which is Genesis through Malachi. Right. Um, the New Testament obviously didn't exist mm-hmm. um, for Jesus. His, his scriptures were the, were the Hebrew scriptures. Uh, and and I'd love to, you know, Paul writes in uh, uh, to his letter to Timothy, uh, he, he writes to him that all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God might be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Well, when Paul writes that to his protege, Timothy, guess what doesn't exist yet? Mm-hmm. The New Testament doesn't exist. So what he's saying to Timothy, which is just as applicable to us, if you really want to be equipped uh, at the life and and the ministry that God has called you to, you you better know the Bible Jesus read. And if you want to get to know the Bible Jesus read better, uh, part of that, I think, should include, if you can do it, uh, a pilgrimage to that land of Israel. Yeah, that's great. I, you know, I've never heard that connection made between the Timothy passage and the fact that that the uh, you know the New Testament wouldn't have existed yet. Of course, it's true, but we just we don't always think in these terms. And and uh, you know, one of my sort of I think big beefs is that uh, evangelicals often uh, you know take the the New Testament as as some some sort of a gospel. And the Old Testament, as you know, any any sort of promise we can extract, anything that that uh, is good for the church, let's take and apply that to us. And I never have an issue with with the application. My my issue is when we do it at the expense of the connection to the Jewish people and and the nation of Israel, God's chosen people, you know. And so, uh, so this next question, you know, a lot of people would say uh, that modern Israel does not equate with, uh, you know, the Jewish race in the Bible or, or, or God's chosen people in Scripture. What's the connection that you feel is there between this Israel that we read about, you know, numerous times in the Bible and the nation of Israel today? Well, the, the Jewish people today uh, have a historical, theological, uh, emotional connection to uh, to that text um, and and to the ancient people of Israel, it's it's one continuous people who have practiced the same customs and traditions, resurrected um, the the Hebrew language uh, as as a speaking language, um, and and there are some sadly who try to make a claim that there is a disconnect that the, that the Jewish people today have no relationship to the the people of Israel that we read about uh, in in the Bible, um, and that's just wrong. It, I mean, there's there's nothing else to say about it. I mean, in fact, do do DNA tests. I did my DNA test, and 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 it came back Jewish. You know, so mm. it, it's. Um, you know, and let's also remember too: there has been a Jewish presence in the land of Israel since the first century. Um, and and so, while not every Jewish person who lives there today um, has had that connection, um, many of them have. And and we shouldn't uh, fault those who were scattered, whose ancestors were scattered in the first century to the four corners of the earth. Um, and and now somehow claim that because that happened to them that they're no longer connected to uh, the first century Jewish uh, community 
uh, that lived in the land of Israel. Absolutely agree. And so then as a, as a believer, as a Christian, what would you say to, to other Christians and how they should position themselves and their stance, I, I guess, concerning modern Israel? Well, I think you need to look at modern Israel as a, a partial fulfillment of God's promises to restore the, the Jewish people back to their ancestral homeland uh, for ultimately his redemptive purposes in the world. Um, and and even, even if you don't look at uh, the theological connection, at the, at the very, very least, you should respect the historical connection that, you, that the Jewish people have to the land of Israel uh, and realize that um, the Jewish people largely due to the persecution that they've experienced throughout uh, the centuries, deserve a safe haven, deserve a, a place where they can determine uh, their their own destiny uh, by themselves uh, w w without having to uh, be under uh, the thumb uh, or, or the rule of someone else telling them exactly what to do or, or how to live. And so I think we need to, to respect uh, Israel's right to exist. Uh, as a Jewish state. Um, and uh, while we may not be in agreement uh, with everything that they choose to do, uh, they, they still have the right to, to make those decisions just, just as we do in, in whatever respective countries we live in. Great. I, you know what? That's bang on. I'm with you 100 percent. And uh, I, I like that you sort of came, came around to that that caveat. You know, even though we don't always agree with everything that they do as a, as a modern state, as a government, um, we, we need to respect their right to uh, live in the land uh, because of that historic connection and and to defend themselves against uh, you know attacks from the outside and I I think it's um, it's very important that we can find that space and live in that tension I think is is the other part even those of us who who firmly believe in in the theological uh, implications as well of of the partial fulfillment of what uh, was prophesied in in the Old Testament um, that's uh, just a great great insight now. What would you say to someone? Let's let's talk about maybe a little bit more controversial issue right now. What would you say to someone who feels that the mm. the occupied territories, what's known as the occupied territories, uh, you know, do not rightfully belong to those Jewish settlers who live there? Well, first, I think it's important to uh, differentiate between an occupied land and an occupied people. Uh, I would say that the the land is not occupied. I would say that uh, at a certain level, the people are occupied. And the reason why the land is not occupied is because Israel did not take over land that was governed by a sovereign nation. Uh, it, it was a territory that was, in a, in a sense, in flux. It, it had been proposed to be a nation, an, an Arab nation. Um, but as we know, the Arabs rejected that proposal by the UN back in 1947 and, and then the ensuing war in 1948. Uh, and uh, who took over control of that that land um, and, and the people living there was was Jordan. Um, and when we're talking about the West Bank and then, of course, Egypt, when we're talking about 
about Gaza. And then it wasn't until 1967 uh, in a defensive war that then, uh, in fact, let's remember, too, Israel told Jordan, don't get involved uh, in this war. But Jordan didn't listen and, and got involved and, and they lost. Uh, Israel, Jordan retreated and then Israel now finds itself um, having control or what sometimes the word is occupied this territory uh, that was not settled yet as far as who does this belong to. And, and so typically in a defensive war, when a country takes over a particular piece of land, that now becomes their land. Um, um, and so, of course, it's disputed. It's, it's difficult um, because there are different views in Israel about what to do with that territory. Um, but as we saw with the Oslo Peace Accords uh, in, in the 90s, uh, that land, um, well, I should say governance of the people in that land was separated between the Palestinian Authority uh, and the state of Israel. So there's a lot more that could be said about it. It's, it is a bit complicated, but uh, I think it's important to note that the land itself is not occupied. It's only the people who are occupied um, to a certain extent. Mm. Interesting perspective. And, and I agree, we, we should sort of leave it there. It is extremely uh, complicated. And um, you and I are probably not going to solve that this morning. But, uh, um, you know, uh, it's still these are these are good things to, uh, to talk about. And one of the things that that um, I think we both agree on is that is that in, in God's eyes, all people are important in God's eyes. You know, he, he loves everyone. And um, we are, are as believers, you know, to be the, the agents of that love, wherever we go, wherever we find ourselves. And, and that extends from, uh, you know, from the, the Jewish people, but also to, to the, the Palestinian people as well. And it's very, very interesting uh, when we think about, um, the, the tensions that exist. And uh, we're going to talk in a moment, uh, maybe just whet people's appetites a little bit about the, uh, the film that you produced, Hope in the Holy Land. But, but this tension that exists and, and trying to, to navigate this, um, we want to find a place where we can be, you know, the, the hands and feet of, of Jesus to, to anyone we come across. Would that yes. be fair? Yeah, the very fair. Yeah. You know, I think the starting point for any follower of Jesus needs to be that we will never look into the eyes of someone who doesn't matter to God. Mm -hmm. We will we will never look into the eyes of someone who is beyond the grace and, and the forgiveness of God. And and if that's, right. if that's the case for God, then that that should be the, the case for us. And that includes Arabs, Palestinians, um, just as much as it does uh, the Jewish people. And so, you know, we need to, as as followers of Jesus who love and support Israel's right to exist uh, as a sovereign Jewish state, we, we also need to consider what's God's heart, what what is God's plan for the Arabs, and, and how can we love them uh, the way that we've been called to uh, as those who profess the name of Jesus as, as king? Mm -hmm. Yeah, amazing. Now, I have another question here I want to ask about the mission. What, what's the mission that God gave 
the Jewish nation? What what did he sort of tell them to do? Does does the mission involve uh, geography? Does it involve real estate? <laughs> so, yeah, real easy question, Jeff. Um, I appreciate that. So, hey, listen, no, we're, I mean, we're here to help. Listen, uh, yes. So, listen, God created the the nation of Israel to be a vessel of blessing to all nations. Uh, what is the the vehicle of that blessing, or sh- I should say, who is the vehicle of that blessing? That is Yeshua. It's it's Jesus, um, and and so you know that is first and foremost. Um, regarding the land itself, God made specific promises to the people of Israel that He would restore them back to their ancestral homeland. Uh, and you know, when God makes promises, I expect Him to to keep those promises. We could fast forward to the future, to the second coming of the Messiah. Scriptures make very clear, at least I see it to be very clear, that when he returns, he's going to step foot in the land of Israel, specifically the Mount of Olives, and who's going to recognize his coming? It's going to be his brothers and sisters, his ethnic brothers and sisters, the the people of Israel. So in, in order for that to occur, it would seem to me that you, you need an, a Jewish state, a, a Jewish nation to be living in that land um, in order for those uh, future prophecies to come to fruition. Um, and uh, and I, here, I think, too, that God still uses the nation of Israel to be a blessing to um, all the other nations of the world, um, not just through the coming of the, the first coming of, of Messiah. Uh, but just through how he's blessed them and, and, and equipped them. I mean, anybody who's using a, a smartphone right now, well, you, you have Israel to thank for part of that. Uh-huh. And, and there's a lot of other technological advances uh, that we've uh, benefited from just just through uh, Israel's ad- advancements. And so, um, you know, it's it's a great question. There's a lot of layers to it. Um, but ultimately, I, I believe that God intends to continue to bless the nations through his promises to Israel. Well, it's a great a great answer. And uh, thanks for tackling it. Now, recently, you produced a film called Hope in the Holy Land. Uh, what was the sort of prompting for you to sort of tackle this this huge, huge subject? Yeah, so there were two primary influences. Uh, influence uh, number one was uh, Todd Moorhead, who's the featured character in the film. We were both observing that there was a strong movement within the evangelical community that was beginning to embrace a narrative about Israel, that Israel um, was the foreign colonist invader who stole land from uh, the innocent Palestinians, and that the creation of the state of Israel back in 1948 was an injustice against uh, the Arabs living in that land, uh, and that Israel today is the primary cause of the conflict um, uh, between them and their Arab neighbors. We didn't find that narrative to, to be truthful, to, to be honest. Uh, it, it lacked balance. And there had been a couple of films that had been made 
um, that we're, we're really kind of pushing that narrative uh, mm-hmm. to the evangelical community. And so we thought, well, let's um, create a film that's a response to that. Now, at the same time, uh, we were feeling like, you know what, there is some truth to, to what, um, I guess you could just say, what our opposition is saying, um, which is that uh, we in the evangelical church who support and, and love Israel, we haven't really done much to give time or energy towards caring about the plight of the Palestinians. And uh, there was a guy uh, at the church that I used to attend uh, who said to me, he said, Justin, if your theology doesn't lead you to love your neighbor and your enemy, then something's probably wrong with your theology. And I knew in that moment that I had some soul work uh, I needed to do uh, in regards to my feelings, my attitudes towards the Palestinian people. Uh, Todd was was getting similar challenges. You'll, You'll see it in the film. Um, he had a professor at uh, Biola who encouraged him to look more deeply into the, the Palestinian um, side of, of the conflict. And so those two influences uh, really motivated us to set out to, to make this film. And that, that was back in 2014. You know, so here we are now in uh, 2021 and, and the film is, is finally out. And uh, we've just been super encouraged by the feedback uh, that that we've received um, from it. So yeah, that's the short short answer. Uh, what a journey! Twenty fourteen mm-hmm. until now, and the film just came out uh, when? So it released in uh, in fact May fourteenth of of twenty twenty one. So this year, um, which just happened to be four days into. Uh, Israel's conflict, recent conflict uh, with Hamas uh, in Gaza. Uh, right. So the, the timing was was certainly divinely orchestrated. It definitely did put a few extra eyes uh, on this film. But what we do know is that this is a conflict that's not going to go away uh, anytime soon. And, and so the, the film itself has got great uh, relevance uh, for anyone who wants to learn more about what's actually going on on the ground, Who, um, what do the people on both sides, think about the other and about various issues. And, and we tackle, you know, the, the theological issues um, that exist between believers in the land. Um, so it'll, it'll give people, it gives people a really good uh, a lens uh, to what's actually occurring. Well, I have to say, I have just recently watched uh, most of it. I I still need to, uh, to finish, but I would... Already at this point, I'm. I think I'm about an hour and a half in. I would unequivocally challenge anyone to uh, pick this up, rent it, buy it, uh, check it out. It is an incredible piece of work, and we just, uh, you know, I, I, you have, um, you and and sort of the main character in the film, you know, as I've been watching, um, it's made me uncomfortable, which I think is I think is what it's supposed to do uh, in a, in a very very. Um, very, very real way, you know, um, I would say that, uh, you know, God is God is speaking through this film. He's using it. And so tell our viewers, tell our listeners how they can find out about it. Uh, what is your website? How can they the, how can they get the film as well? Yeah, so the the uh, website is the same name as the film. So hope in the holy land uh, dot com. And uh, right there on our main page, you can see all of the various on-demand platforms 
that the film is available through, including Apple TV and Google Play and, and Vudu. Um, if also for those who might be subscribers to what's known as the Netflix of Israel called Izzy, I-Z-Z-Y, it, it is streaming on that platform. Um, but anyone uh, can get it uh, and and enjoy uh, what you're going to to watch the journey that you'll you'll go on um, with with Todd. Essentially, it's you know it's it's with our team, and uh, I think you're going to de- be not only um, inspired, but you'll be challenged. Yeah, and, and I think it's good for us to be challenged and to get a, a little uncomfortable, um, and and I think it'll help to create greater empathy for people on both sides of the conflict and get to the real whys of why the conflict exists. Well, uh, we really, uh, you know, appreciate that you have sort of tackled this and uh, taken on this challenge. And when I say it made me uncomfortable in all the best ways, you know, challenged is a, is a very good way to describe it. And um, I've never personally, you know, had any issues in this, in the sense of, of feeling like, uh, you know, it was it was a sort of an either or situation or that that Palestinians were somehow an enemy. However, you know, we we've all struggled with those feelings as believers who are supporters of Israel, that that the Palestinians are somehow standing in the way of, you know, what God is is trying to do, wanting to do there in uh, in that part of the world and and getting a deeper understanding of, of the very deep issues that uh, are at play here certainly uh, has been helpful for me and I think will uh, be helpful for anyone who uh, takes the time to watch through this documentary and, and really wrestle with the, the, the issues that are raised. And uh, I love that you come at it from sort of so many different angles regarding theology, regarding, you know, people's personal experiences, showing both sides of the conversation. And I think that um, that people really will benefit from being able to watch this. I think that, you know, this could be the first of a, a few conversations that we have on the podcast and that maybe in the future we can go deeper into some of those, I guess what I would call chapters of, of the documentary and and talk about you know some of those issues and and how people can better understand them. So uh, it's been really great yeah. to uh, to talk to you today and have you on the podcast. Yeah. Anything else you want to add before we we wrap up today, Justin? Uh, not that comes right off my mind, but um, I, I would just um, encourage viewers uh, just continue to pray for both Jews and Arabs yes. uh, who who live in that land. Uh, and that they would learn to to better listen uh, to to one another, and to get past, um, especially I would say on the Palestinian side, get, get past um, what their leaders uh, sadly have been uh, telling them uh, about their their Jewish neighbors, um, and really get to the truth of what is God's heart uh, for both people um, and for their future together in that land. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, it's been very, very insightful to have you on. Great to get to know you just a little bit today. And we look forward to some opportunities in the future to uh, to talk further. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. Great to be with you. Israel. That meaningful name is mentioned more than 2,300 times in the Bible. It is from this land, nation, and people that Christianity emerged some 2,000 years ago. 
But since that time, Christianity has become mostly disconnected from Israel. And without an understanding of the Jewishness of Jesus and our Hebraic foundations, so much of the depth and meaning of the Bible is lost. First Century Foundations is committed to helping Christians reconnect and stay connected to Israel. We invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can view our TV programs and weekly video podcasts, Keeping It Israel. Follow us on Facebook and our other social media platforms. Let's reconnect to Israel and stay connected. Find out more at firstcenturyfoundations.com.